matter? Question mark, he said. <laughs> open up with a stinger with a cliffhanger. Oh, man. Anyway, tell them who you are. Uh, I am the marvelous Mike Dudley, joined as always by my younger brother and co-host. MD3 Marcus Dudley checking in on you. What's going on out there in podcast land? Good to be back in the seat here at the offices of uh, on South Tallahassee in the shadow of Dope Campbell Stadium, back at the old WBW podcast God office studios. Right. God Man, right. it's been a fucking minute. It has. Thankfully, we had a couple banks, so, you know. I mean, these work. are we do all these in real time. The Monday before. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, Jimmy Kimmel Live. It's, it's like one of those things. Uh, Colbert Report. Uh, all those, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, what's been up with you, man? How you been? Been a while. Been a while. Been working, man. Just, as always, we're gearing up into busy season, so, you know, working at a country club, there's football games and wedding season is right around the corner, and, uh, you know, after that, we're going to get into Thanksgiving banquets and office parties and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, so I am just gearing up to go get my ass kicked every day at work for about the next three to four months. Sounds good. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what's up. I don't really know how to say back to that. But I mean, the good news is, you know, hopefully it's going to be a fatter paycheck for me. So, you know, dollar dollar bills, y'all. That's what's up. Yeah, so what you been up to, Eeyore? Oh, man. <laughs> I've been stepping on jokes recently at work. People are like, Marcus, I'm kidding. I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm so fucking perpetually tired, bro. Uh, the lovely Angie um, bought a... We, Bought a house down here in Tallahassee, and she moved. What's the address? Uh, you know, it's six 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 Young Mama's Lane, Buck Nasty's Mama's Dishes House. Um, no, but she uh, she moved down here, and so I flew up to Maryland and house sat for a while, and goat sat for a while, and dog sat for a while, and all the other stuff. But um, yeah, so then we drove goats and dogs down here. It's just been a nightmare, and work's been crazy. So I am like perpetually tired. I'm just getting back yeah, into town, yeah. And it's just been a nightmare. I'll, I'll slowly unravel some of the story, but yeah, she. Uh, I went up to house that she had bought a, a vacation to Portugal for her son who graduated the COVID year. So like the week before, like the or yeah, it was eight days before she, we even the the movers came to help us move. She was in Portugal, so I was just like at the house by myself. <laughs> being anxious about trying to get everything done in time like she's gonna break up with me if i don't get all this stuff done but she was it was my own it was my own head it had nothing to do with her and so then we jumped in the car and drove with goats and dogs and shit from maryland to tallahassee so i've just been exhausted man dove right back into it with work but you know i've been chipping away at watching a few things and that's why i'm here with you back in the saddle is i need to know my brother what the million dollar question what everybody wants to know is what you been watching, my guy? Oh, man. Since we last visited, I uh, I saw the movie Prey on, on the Hulu exclusive. Uh, it's basically a prequel slash reimagining re- reboot of the Predators, uh, Predator movie. Gotta say, man, it was really, really cool. Um, it, 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 it's... A reimagining in the sense of you know new setting, new new character, new new storyline, but it pretty much follows the exact same tropes and measures of the original Predator movie with Arnie Schwarzenegger. Well, good, it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. So I mean, it's, I it's, 
do you want to see predators versus like I think they're Apache or Comanche or I I don't remember like I I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering this and the woke police will come after me but uh yeah but it, but yeah it's 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 really cool just seeing uh a a version of the predator that we kind of recognize but it's it's not necessarily completely familiar uh in a new setting versus a a, a new you know antagonist that has to outwit and, and outclass and and defeat the world you know the universe's most deadly predator uh it's great it's great i have many many good things to say about it only a few quips and qualms about it but uh it it's it's good mindless fun and i think it's only about like i think it's like two hours like pretty much on the nose that sounds so, perfect yeah like you're in and out and and you have fun it got a lot of love online. A lot of people, like, when it first dropped, were like, yo, it saved the franchise. And, uh, which, I mean, the the last Shane Black movie, as much as I love Shane Black, was pretty bad. The one with Adrian, Adrian Brody was okay. Yeah. But, yeah. again, it became, I don't care about the human element when it's like, to, you know, uh, what's his name from that 70s show? Is oh, Topher Grace. Topher yeah. Grace is the bad guy, and he's a serial. Like, I don't care. Show Predators ripping people's spines out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't care. Like, and it was, it was interesting mm-hmm. enough, but, like... But I hear this gets back to it, but I don't, I'm such a, I like the franchise as is. I always thought Predator was, like, we used to play the arcade game, the Aliens vs. Predator. Oh, yeah. Which was a dope arcade game, right. many a quarters. I hope they do it in every setting. I hope they go to <laughs> feudal Japan yes. and fight yeah. samurai yeah. as the Predator. Like, the Wild West with cowboys and shit. Like, give me cowboys or aliens, but just Predator. I, I thought about that. I would love to see uh a predator movie set in like maybe the civil war or like world war 1 or something like that to where like literally the predator drops down in between enemy lines and then is hunting both sides and they both have to unite and like put their put their differences aside to fight the com- uh, common enemy i would love to see that or or in roman times where like a predator gets captured and then gets put into the arena and then his fucking friends arrive to rescue him and now all of a sudden we got to deal with like eight predators versus all of the coliseum like let's do it let's think, fucking do it i think predators whole thing i don't know if they would have friends come get them though i mean i don't know the lore of their their history or their tradition i mean they don't really talk except for clicks or whatever right but uh i would think that like the thrill of the hunt it's like you either come back alive or you blow yourself up trying like we're not we're not coming for you like otherwise you failed you know you bring back a trophy, or that's it. Maybe, maybe. sure, sure. So, so maybe that particular storyline doesn't work. But you, you I, see I what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, give just, it to me in every time period, yeah. or give me a proper Aliens vs. Predator movie where Alien somehow sneaks onto the Predator homeworld, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, there's a forest full of aliens versus see. like two Predators. I don't need dialogue. I don't need any of that shit. Now we're talking. Oh yeah, that would just be completely like kabuki theater. Just just an absolute movie told through like movement and action. Like mm-hmm. very, very silent film like Akira Kurosawa or something like that. Acid spewing aliens getting blown up like cannon fodder. I don't give a shit. Let's go. Let's go. Sir, I have $11 right now you and go. you just earned all of them. Yeah, you're welcome. Some of that money's going to go to our lovely intro music, Kesta, Always Bright. Forgot to plug you, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, save some of that money. If you ever uh, hear him spinning on the radio somewhere, give him a big shout out from the What You've Been Watching family. That's right. The Legions. Always. Uh, no, nah, I've heard, really, like I said, to get back on track, though, I really did, I, I belong to a Facebook community that's 
like geek centric stuff or mm-hmm. genre centric stuff. I think you're on there too, but um, a lot of people on there whose opinions I don't respect at all. But there's a couple guys that I've known for a few years on there that they were like, "Yo, like that Prey movie, nothing to play with, nothing to play with." It's what are the nitpicky things? Because to me, it's one of those like. Even if you go back to the first one, like you can nitpick that and be like, sure, oh, sure, Arnie's sure, really sure, going to sure. do it by rubbing himself in mud and, you know. Sure, 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 so sure. I almost expect there to be one of those moments in a Predator movie. I, to, to be honest, I think that my, my biggest distraction throughout the whole movie is they use CGI animals. So, like, there's a bear chase scene and, like, she has a dog with her, and sometimes it's very much like you can tell that it's a real live, like in action dog. And then sometimes you can very, very much tell that it's a CGI dog. And like it's very distracting because those scenes happen so quickly between each other. Like from 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 one cut to the next, it's like dog, 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 fake dog, dog, fake dog, fake dog, <laughs> dog, dog, fake dog. And it's it's so distracting. I just wish that if they were going to spend the money on doing CGI animals that they just, you got to spend the money and just do it because it's, it's very noticeable. There's a bear chasing and the bear is about 90% CGI. You can tell that there's like maybe a handful of scenes where they were like, had a bear like stand up and roar and they were just poking it with a stick full of honey or whatever. Like, you're like, good boy, good boy, Barry, good boy. A green screen tennis yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, and then one of my main problems was that they touted how they were going to do a original language. So again, I can't remember what the tribe was, but they said that they were going to do a version of the English version of the movie, and then they were going to do a version that was all in the native language. Apocalypto style? Apocalypto style, yes, very much. And so I was like, oh, I can't wait to see the, you know, the the, the, the native language uh, uh, version. And all it is is just the English version with really, really bad ADR of the, like, First Nation language. And it is so horrible. And it's like, it's... it. It just reeks of of the production company doing the bare minimum because they knew that they were going to catch flack for like, well, why is all all the Native Americans speaking English? That's pretty fucked up. And they're like, okay, we're going to do a a first language version as well, but not really. We're just going to ADR the shit out of it. And it's like this bare minimalism of like wokeism. Like either commit to the thing or just be like, listen, we put it in English because we wanted the most amount of people to go see the movie and people tend to not read subtitles. So that's what we did. Yeah, they're like, look, we're not as good as Mel Gibson. <laughs> that's what we're saying. Right. Right. All right, we can't make apocalypto here. Right. Right. That's why we're playing with Predator House Money, all right? <laughs> we know we're about twenty million dollars with a built in fan base. The rest we're trying to attract them to. Jesus. Right. That was a fucking yeah. break. Yeah, so, I get it, man. It's, I mean, whatever. At least they tried. They cast it. At least they didn't have a bunch of white dudes running around like, you know, no offense, love the guy, but Johnny Depp style, you know. Sure. I mean, whatever. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's, it is it is fun to see 
a predator in a in a new uh, a new setting that is unfamiliar. You know, set in I think it's set in like seventeen sixty. Like wild speculation here. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. I'm sure. sorry, I just smelled it in the air. It was like seventeen. Whatever those last two numbers were, they were going to be wrong. <laughs> Let's just get that out the way. Listen, news and speculation. Yeah. You decide. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to, No, no, it's I good. I smelt it's it good. coming out. Whatever yeah. those last two numbers were, yeah. completely irrelevant. It, they do, they do kind of a, a weird thing of like they tie. You remember in, in Predator Two? I don't know if you remember this, but Danny like, Glover said, "Danny Glover." Put some respect on Danny Glover. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Danny Glover. He took him down solo dolo. It wasn't a team full of hunky men. It was Danny Gloves. <laughs> And also Gary Busey, let us not forget. Well, that's true. (laughs) Still, underrated performance of the week. Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Hell yeah. But at the end of that movie, you remember, like, he he has all the different Predators show up, and then they hand him this fucking pistol from, like, 17... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That pistol ties into this movie. Like, that's, that's that's a thing that happens, is we find out the origin of that pistol. Oh, snap. Spoiler alert. I haven't seen it, but okay. It's whatever. I'm going to go back and watch Predator 2 first now. (laughs) (laughs) It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Shout out Uh, to uh, my homeboy Hoyt. He's a huge Predator fan. His name is Cat Dutch. And he was like, man, it's better than the first one. Test me on that. Test me on that. Which I take him as an authority. We'll see. We'll see. The first one is so memeable and so quotable. I can't do them because... It's all just very horrendous homophobic language and racist comments, so I can't quote it You can just give us one good Arnie. (laughs) (laughs) You know you want to. It's boiling up. He can't see me. There you go. Okay. Michael, we scratch your itch for you. Go ahead and check that on your bingo box card. That was a pretty tame one, but... Puts hair on your chest. There you go. Bunch of slack-jawed men. Yeah, well... Anyways, pivoting out of that, Michael, I gave you the free one and you couldn't help yourself. <laughs> I know. Going. Anyways, so cool. Pray, what's the what's the review on it? Uh, how much I, face paint? How much face paint? I was gonna give it uh, eleven skulls and spines. I can dig that. I like the number eleven. Eleven skulls and spines. Yep. That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, so after that, uh, let's see, what else have I been watching? Been watching she, uh, She-Hulk. Yeah, I, I saw the first two episodes. Um, dug it. Dug it a lot. What'd you think, man? Well, I've been talking for a minute, so uh, tell, tell me what you think. I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, Michael yeah, yeah, says, yeah, yeah. bail me out. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little chippy. I'm tired, man. <laughs> it's high energy. I'm trying to phone in okay, high okay, energy. Okay. But it's all love, man. You know that. I've just missed you. I haven't given you, we haven't given each other shit in. <laughs> right. um, we usually air that out before the podcast but anyways uh, no She-Hulk man I really dug it uh, I, I really liked the first episode I thought it was genuinely very funny I liked how they ended on Captain America fucks right. like, yeah, yeah. that was awesome right, um, right. she automatically becomes better than the Hulk at being a Hulk which is in, fine in, in like the first episode which she, is fine yeah. like uh, I guess I guess the one thing, like, and I know a lot of people shit on this, um, and there's a lot of feedback from it that I've, that I've just been reading here and there, where it's like, people are review bombing it because they're tired of the woke culture, or like, that they feel like they're forcing strong female characters on us. Sure. And to me, it's stupid. Like, like we were talking uh, a little bit before the podcast, like, 
Sarah Connor's like the baddest chick of all time. Sure, Ellen and Ripley. Is Ellen the Ripley is like yeah. the queen. You know, Sigourney Weaver is the queen of not give a fuck energy. Yeah, Mila Jovovich in the entire yeah. Resident Evil yeah. series. You know, yeah. And it's ultimately to me what it boils down to is that I have no problem with a strong female lead. Like it's not going to prevent me from seeing a movie. Like, sure, ever sure. never has yeah. it. I I root for it. I guess the only time and it, it doesn't even really hurt my feelings. It's not like oh they. But it's when the women are strong at the expense of the men being fucking idiots or less than, it kind of gets a little bit like... Like, what do you mean? Like, an example. Like, either the men are just so egotistic, which which does happen. I'm not sure. saying it doesn't happen in real life, but where they, they just have to write the men as incompetent, and the woman just, therefore, because everyone else around her is so dumb, becomes the smartest person in sure, the room. Sure, sure. And I like, oh, mean. I'm the smartest, yeah. which is fine. Like, I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But why Ellen Ripley and why Sarah Connor are the shit is because, I mean, she fought a fucking killing machine in one. Like, sure, they threw sure. life through the hardest possible curveball at her, and she came out victorious. Well, and I, even, like, Ripley, like, she was in this, they wrote it so well in Alien that it was like, you know, the, the quick synopsis is, bunch of men tell a woman what to do. She doesn't listen. They all die. She succeeds. Right, right. Which is very much so the plot, sure. but it's not written in a way that like, oh, these guys are idiots. Like they're astronauts, and she no, no. She, she overcame. She, she is the smartest person, or, or she's the smartest woman in a room full of also equally smart men. Right. She happens to be smarter than them. Yeah. And that's why she stands the the test of time because. It's not that everyone around her is so dumb. They are in in, yeah. in certain aspects of the movie, but you see the, the 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 struggle of no, I'm fucking right, and I have to I have to stand up and 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 tell you guys that you're fucking wrong. And she just gets outvoted, and it's not her fault, and it's not because yeah. everyone else is dumbass. It's because it really is. It, it's because. Every other person that she interacts with is so human and so relatable that because she's so smart and turns out to be right, that she stands out. Yeah, you, yeah. you see what I'm saying? No, I got you. I got you. And and I'm not saying, it, but to me it helps kind of, and I'm, I'm not a woman, maybe at least not you really? know, on the outside, on the inside. I, I try to relate <laughs> as best I can. But like that to me is, is more relatable in the sense of like, I don't know. It's just weird because again, I don't know it from the inside, but I can only imagine that there's times it's like no i really am in this instance the smartest person in the room sure and you guys are a bunch of fucking idiots right yes yes but whatever and it's like and so it's almost kind of like well here we go again and i think i think why a lot of people get upset with she-hulk is and like i don't understand the review bombings of like oh fucking woke strong female lead the the mcu is you hear it all right, the time right it's, right it's weird, like, I've, we've said it on the podcast before, like, being a comic book fan, it's the best of times and the worst of times, mm -hmm. because then you get idiots like that, and comic book fans have always kind of been very inclusive, and if you if you go against the grain with them, they've always, they can kind of turn on each other, it's just historically sure. been yeah, like that. yeah, 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 and so It's now, very, very divisive lines in terms of, like, yeah, you know... Yeah, that's like, not my Batman, fuck your Batman. Right, yeah, right, yes, 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 yes. And it's, it is what it is, but it's kind of getting out of hand with, like, people are, they feel like they're being force this stuff and like when it comes to like the super woke thing it's like jen walters does kind of walk the fine line of like when she did the whole monologue about like yeah i'm better at being a hulk i repress my rage on it every single day because sure. i don't know like that was a really good monologue and they did somewhat kind of shoehorn it in i agree uh, they, they did but i understand that like dude we only got six episodes like we gotta get to her being sure, a an adequate hulk sure so did it feel a little bit rushed 
Yes. Do I understand why they did it? And did they just say, this is where we're asking you to suspend your disbelief, not not them turning green. You've already accepted the MCU that we have monsters and gods. Sure. Cool. Right, right, so right, 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 right. That so, part's you've already... So we just got to get her to be the She-Hulk for as much time as possible, yeah. and you guys will keep tuning in. I get it. I get so, it. So they did shoehorn it in a little bit, but in terms of the tone of the show, I think it's really funny. I think Tatiana Monsley is having a great time. I, I think so, too, um, yeah. I like that they're turning into a legal procedure thing. See, that's that's kind of where I differ, because to me, the show is much more Ally McBeal than it is Avengers, and I just, I'm not a fan of court procedure dramas, and so I, I don't really feel a connection to the show other than the shining moments where they sort of it, 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 it's very meta and aware of itself and it, it makes jokes on itself and those are the things that I like but honestly most of the plot lines I don't give a fuck but I'm just again I'm, I'm, I'm not into the like court procedure drama thing like well, you watch Law and Order all the time though Is yeah it for Ice Cube well, well but I watch right. I watch Law and <laughs> Order Ice Cube, S- Ice yeah I watch Law and Order SVU because A Christopher Maloney dude give that guy all the statues I mean, he's been in every Harold and Kumar movie, and I guarantee you, you don't know who he is. Like, he's been in every single one, major roles, and you're like, that was, yes, yes, that was Christopher Maloney. Uh, Mariska Hargitay, who is just fabulous and just beautiful, and the less I say, the better. Good. And then Ice-T. You know, How does Ice-T, after 17 years of being on the air, still get surprised at the level of violence and sexuality. He's, every episode, he's like, so you're telling me there's a man out there <laughs> That's right. you're stealing me. feet from people? And it's like, <laughs> it's been 17 years, Ice. Like, how are we still surprised by this? What do you mean these homeless men like to meet up, dress like horses, and have sex with each other? Wow. Yeah, don't, don't. Anyways, huge, huge, huge uh, derivation. <laughs> there you go check that box we got way off track yeah but uh marcus uses a word he doesn't fully understand can use in context <laughs> as to define i'd be i'd be in the ballpark so go ahead and check so yeah that so so just to sum it up she hulk like it's fun it's humorous I, I i really dig what they're doing and i don't necessarily have a problem with the the whole like fem, feminism part of it other than like there is a, a little bit of it hits the nail too squarely on the head and just keeps hammering it home. And I'm like, okay, like, I I, I get it. I, I understand, like, the fact that she's able to be a better Hulk just because, well, I'm a woman and I have to deal with way more shit and stress than you do on, on a daily basis. I feel like could have been something that was revealed over the entire series rather than just exposition dumping it into the first episode so it's it's little nitpicky stuff like that like i would have much rather the discovery of that revelation rather than just having it dumped onto me and now it's also at one point and i'm not taking anything away from her i have no problem again nothing's gonna stop me from a strong strong female lead like from watching that shit's so stupid if you're like oh watch it because of that reason but also a major factor is the fact that Bruce Banner himself even said, genetically, you are made to do this. Like, our our uh, DNA is only X amount of percent different because we come from the same bloodline. So you're like the perfect person right. 
like because I guess it got filtered through me into you. Like your genetics are just different enough that you can handle this better than me. And it's like, well, it's because I'm a woman. And it's like, eh, okay, like sure. They kind of sure, gloss sure. over that a little bit, but whatever. But I do agree, it's a little bit too on the nose. Like my problem, and again, I'm I'm not trying to sound like. I'm not woman bashing. Like it has nothing to do with that. But like sure. the theme, even in in Black Widow, of the liberation of women. Right. It's a fun, thematically. It's a great theme. Sure. The problem sure. is, is they executed it with absolutely zero subtlety. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah zero yeah, subtlety. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, the whole time it's just like men can't control women's minds. Men can't control yeah. women's. And you're like, okay, I get it. I yeah. get it. But also, you need to show me some cool shit. Yeah. It's, and like. Let me come to that realization over the course of two hours as opposed to, like... The literal, like, freeing of women's minds. It's yeah. just like... Yeah. Again, no problem with that thematically. I'm not saying... It's a great... There's a rich, rich tapestry that right. you could paint, sure, you know, whatever sure. it is. But, like, you just hammered it home within the first 30 minutes, and then it's like, ooh, okay, I got it. So, I guess that's my only little bit problem with She-Hulk, but... Again, I'm I still enjoy the show. I think yeah. everybody's having fun. Again, my my main problem is just it's way more Ally McBeal than it is Winter Soldier or or whatever you know. Like it, I'm just I don't like a good I I, I don't like a court procedural drama and it, it's relying way more on that and its own whimsy than it is actual storyline. Like if you watch it episode to episode, and I've I've seen the most recent one, so like. Not a lot happens. There's the there's no real conflict. There's no like big revelation of like I didn't know I could do this and now I know I can. Right. It's just sort it's just sort of her like bumble fucking her way through success and being a she Hulk, which is okay, but I, I I need a little bit more. It does get kind of boring in the sense of like Superman, where like the question never is, can Superman do it? It's like, of course he can. Of course. That's so right. gets boring after a while. You're like, well, of course he's gonna do it. He's Superman. But anyways, I dig it. The one part I dig the most about the show is in episode one when Titania showed up. Uh huh. The comic book that we own, which I purchased, but again, it's a collective bargaining here at what you've been watching because <laughs> Michael just lucked into having an awesome little. Hey brother. hey, our comic combat. Our comic, yeah, but the. That the issue that we own, it went up in value. Hey! Just because she showed up on Boom. screen. Look so at that. Fucking Secret Wars number three. Top, High five. Top. Boom. <laughs> so yeah, that was my. That's going to read real well on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the of the series so far. Just watching that being like. <laughs> First appearance of Titania. Just got worth right, at least ten son. more dollars. That's right, son. Anyways, uh, pushing forward. Uh, so let's see. What else have I been watching? Um, oh, I, I finished all of, uh, Westworld season one. Did it finish strong? It did. It did. It finally tied together some certain things. Um, you know, I had talked about how I wasn't sure if they were playing with like dual characters or time travel or whatever. I don't want to give it away, but like they absolutely do that. Unfortunately, they also raise more questions, so now I have to go back and watch the entire first season. Knowing what you know now. Knowing what I know now. Which, you know, blessing and benefit because it gives them rewatchability and gives me something to do. But also, like, fuck, that's one more thing I gotta do now. <laughs> so, yeah, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't yeah. do it. So, I'm at that point now where I, like, I don't know if I want to, like go to season two and just be like, fuck it, just forge ahead. Plowing ahead. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Or if I really want to get into it and like dig the well and be like, 
but how far does it go, really? You know, so it's it's that really like moment of truth type thing that gives me anxiety where I'm like, I don't know if I should, I do I have time to dedicate to rewatching something I already kind of am not really interested in? <laughs> yeah, yep. You're like, the monkey's out of the bottle. That's right. The monkey's out of the bottle. Can't put Pandora back in the box. That's right. And check that bingo box of random random That's movie right. quotes. We're giving them to you all cylinders. Today. <coughs> oh, I will say, uh, in an effort to watch season one of Westworld, I accidentally clicked on the Westworld movie. How was it? Well, it took me about 15 minutes because I was a little bit inebriated. It happens. That I didn't realize that I wasn't actually Hold watching. <laughs> Michael finished season one, goes to the movies like, they, no, 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 no. They this really was, cut the budget no, no, on no, season no, no. two. Jesus. No, no, no. This was, this was like, like, like the, the second to last episode. I went to go like watch the second to last episode and literally was like, damn, like literally, like they cut the butt. Like, long this looks flashback. different. Yeah, this doesn't, what happened? <laughs> Fuck it. Like 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, that's James Brolin. Fuck. I fucked this up. Yeah. And then at that point I was pot committed. So I was like, well, fuck oh, it. I'm watching Westworld at this point. I'm so, in there now. Uh, yeah. So watch the Westworld movie uh, accidentally. <laughs> That's funny. I was like, man, they really cut the budget for season two. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. I literally thought for the first 10 minutes that they were doing like an old TV commercial. <laughs> so like. Dope. <laughs> I didn't know. And then James Brolin shows up and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, I wish I would have been there for that one. Because I wouldn't have let you live it down. Marcus, come here. <laughs> is there something screwed up with those TV settings? Why is everything all old and not HD? Why does it look like I'm watching this through a tape of a tape on a VHS? <laughs> That's what right. the fuck happened here? <laughs> Why do I have my TV setting to Grandma's HBO? <laughs> right. <laughs> I made y'all a movie. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, are you going to go through season two, you think, though? Uh, eventually, yeah. Uh, he said eventually. <laughs> Cut to four months later. <laughs> Still not that that was season two. I read the book instead. <laughs> Had a much better time. <laughs> we will not do a What You've Been Reading segment unless we're talking comic books. <laughs> Fuck that. We keep our, your, it our was... entertainment nice and lowbrow around here. It was interesting because it was directed by Michael Crichton, and it's very obvious that it's it uh, it's a first time director doing like all the stuff that he has always wanted to see. Like he has the you know the the the, the classic Western ballroom brawl fight where like people are breaking chairs and bottles over each other and like. But it just happened in such a weird place, and they put this weird, like, Benny Hill kind of music like behind the it. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. this weird, like, you guys were just... So, the, the previous scene is they're talking about the validity of the park in terms of, like, how do I know that if I can't recognize the difference between one of the animatronics or a real person, like, how do I deal with that understanding that, like, oh, I just killed somebody, or maybe I didn't, or whatever... And then all of a sudden, somebody breaks a bottle and it's just like, oh, like, 
And it's this weird, like, funky... And they both look at each other, and they're, like, giving each other the thumbs up, like, this is awesome, right? And you're like, wait a minute. What the fuck just happened? That yeah. was... You that guys, explanation exhausted me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys went from fifth gear to third gear, and like nobody's gonna address that. Like that's come hilarious. On. So anyway, so that's uh, that's what I've been watching. Uh, nice. Anything else? Yeah, I guess that's about it for me. You want to take a quick break? Sure. Hear from our sponsor. Sure, we can do that. We'll take a quick break. Okay. Uh, this break is brought to you by Wu Tang Honey. It's in the hive. It's in the hive. All right. Uh, thank you for our sponsor, Wu Tang Honey. It's for the children. Digga, digga, digga. <laughs> old Dirty Bastard has now changed his name to the old broken honeycomb. <laughs> Anyways. Killer bees in effect. Killer bees in effect. That's right. Wu Tang's here forever. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Where did we leave off? What were we talking about? Uh, well, we, we were talking about uh, what you've been playing, bro. Oh snap! What you been playing? Uh, on my ongoing quest in our se- in our sub segment here that we do at What You Been Watching, man, I bought a little bit of um, Marvel vs. Ca- uh, no, not Marvel vs. Ca- I'm sorry, Capcom vs. SNK two EO, the precursor to the infamous Marvel vs. Capcom no, series. No, it's a different. Yeah, well, Capcom and Marvel obviously are are different than SNK. SNK is like King of Fighters and all the other shit, sure. like Terry Bogard, and they have a Marvel section of that too, which. When I was up at the uh, video game store, they had another copy of Marvel vs. Capcom 2, but on PlayStation 2 this time, and it was so hard for me not to buy it. <laughs> like, I want it, I want it, I want it. But they do have an arcade cabinet, the one-up arcade cabinet of uh, MVC2 coming out, and I want to buy it, but it's all pre-sold out, of course. I'm sure. like that. It, and it's what, the like, like $8,000? No, not even. It's pr- one-up does pretty reasonable uh, packages. But um, I did get the... Shout out to one-up. Arcades. arcades, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, sponsorship, please. Thank you. Oh, we will shill so hard for you. They did oh. drop the uh, the Ninja Turtles Cowabunga collection, the 13 titles of original Konami games. I have not even opened it yet because, Michael, I want to play it with you. Fuck yeah. Let's do that. Much like Dr. Doom. This is the good thing is that we don't have to fight over stuff like this. <laughs> I have, I have a, a philosophy that... When somebody asks you, like, hey, who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? One, don't pretend like you don't have one. Because of course. You know, like, of course. Two, if anybody, I don't know, like, don't hang out with that person. They're a fucking sociopath or they're just a people pleaser and they want you to say what yours is. Sure, sure. Or they're such a narcissist that they're just going to go against whatever you say because then the attention will be on the turtle. And then sure. they'll be like, well, it's not about me, so I'm going to be contrarian. Oh, no, no, no. So fuck those people. I, I, have a, I have a very similar policy just to go on a mild tangent rant here. Uh, whenever we get new servers at, at the restaurant, we always ask them three questions. And it's always, if you could be a sandwich for 24 hours, what would you be? What's your favorite dinosaur? And if you could fight anybody from history, who would it be? And here's the secret. It's not about their answers. It's about how they respond with their answers. Like... The way that you respond to those three random-ass questions tells me everything, everything I need to know about the person you are. Yeah, are you a gamer? I, yeah. Are you shy? Are you indecisive? Do you Are you uneducated? All these things. Anybody who sits there and says, well, I don't have a favorite dinosaur, is a fucking liar. I think if you might say, I don't know. If you might say, I don't know. I haven't thought about that No, 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 no. But to say, I, I don't, don't have, have one. one. 
you're a liar. You yeah, have one. Of I, course. I like you may it. not know the name of it. That's okay. Yeah. But you. But if you can it. describe it, you win. Yeah, I have a thing with like the Ninja Turtles, like I was saying. It's it's a personality. Excuse me. It's a personality test. Mm-hmm. By asking, you're like, oh, Leonardo. It says something to me about your personality. Sure. If you're like, oh, I'm a Michelangelo guy, I'm like... Says, if you're like, oh, I'm a Donatello guy. Sure. And if you're like, oh, I'm a, it, it just says something to me about who you are as a person. And I always tell people, like, who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? And they say it. I'm like, like oh, why? And they get shy. I'm like, there's no wrong answer. Right. But there is a correct answer. Yes. And the correct answer is Raphael. Let's you're just get fucking, that out of the way. You're so dumb. Anybody that knows that you, knows what's up. But anyways. So, uh you don't know what you're talking about. I this do. is all news and speculation. You decide. But no, my friend, everybody that's a Raphael fan that I always tell people that, they're like, yeah, that is how it is. There's no wrong answer, but there is a correct answer. Uh, but anyway, so uh, pick that up. Haven't opened it up yet. But I did get a Nintendo 3DS right before. Like, I know that they're closing down the Nintendo eShop. And I knew it was coming up soon. I was like, man, when is that going to happen? I picked it up August 28th. I jump on Google at night, and they're like, they are shutting down the eShop August 29th. <laughs> and you can't even use a credit card, so I had to... Just got in there, So I ran out to Wawa and bought a $50 Nintendo card and loaded up with the digital code and bought Dragon Quest Eight for $40 and nice. Pokemon Crystal with the remaining $10. And I got a copy of Mario Kart 7 and... Ocarina of Time. God, oh, I spent nice. too much money already. <laughs> Ocarina of Time. and uh, I'm a, seeing you do the math and in a your fire head. Like, right. Yeah. But, um, no, but the copy of uh, Dragon Quest Eight, the hard copy, like I got the digital version for 40 the hard copy of that game would have set me back crazy amounts of money. So I got in right on time. I'm very happy. It's one of cool. my favorite role-playing games of all time. Big Dragon Quest guy. Shout out to John Chuck for putting me on that series. Hell yeah, uh, hell yeah. But yeah, so that's what I've been playing, kind of chipping away at that. Before that, I was on some GameCube, some Beautiful Joe, but I had to shut that down for, for the trip to Maryland because I couldn't bring it with me. So. But yeah, that's how I do, though, man. I start a bunch of shit, and then I, I'll circle back to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got you to gotta put as many plates spinning as possible and then fucking decide which ones you want to keep spinning. The thing is, I'm already... I, I got Ocarina of Time on the 3DS. I'm already playing that on the Switch on the <laughs> Nintendo 64 emulator, which I pay money every month for. It makes absolutely no sense, Michael. I have the game. It's senseless. I could go buy it on 64. I just saw it. I was like, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. a problem. I have an impulse problem. <laughs> but most people reap the benefits of it around me. That's right. Um, so no, that's what I've been up Hello, to. Hello, my name is Marcus, and I'm addicted to Nintendo. Dude, I do. I do. <laughs> I do have a problem. I was go. There was a. Yo- I was at Target today, and they had like a Yoshi kids towel. It had like the little Yoshi thing where you, it has a hood, and then there's a towel attached to it. Why are you not wearing that right now? I would have. Okay, so I see. The, I walk by and I see the little Yoshi hood, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. If this has a Yoshi tail, it's getting in the cart right now. <laughs> the tail was the deciding factor. Or if it was just a Yoshi, like the rest of the towel was just Yoshi, right. I would have bought it. The problem is, is that it was just the Yoshi hood, and then it had like this mosaic of Luigi and Mario. Yeah. And I was like, nah, man. No, no, no. You ruined it. They you have shark it. ones. They have like alligator ones. Right, Mumble, right. you buy them for your toddlers or, your, or grown men if you're Marcus. If it would have just been Yoshi, they would have made the sale. Well, at least now I know what to get you for your birthday. Yeah, Yoshi's I get it. You get a fuck like a straight up like Yoshi hoodie or something like that. I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, another complete with there. big old like googly eyes on the top. Yeah, dude. I have a theory about where his bone structure is because 
are the bones of the eyes on top of the, or is it just mush? <laughs> Do they just pop out of the mush? <coughs> like a frog. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. But either way, that's enough of that. That's what I've been playing. Uh, <laughs> so get back. <laughs> We're all over the map this episode. It's a true what you've been watching watch here. I haven't seen my man in a long time. We're bonding. We're busy. This is generally how, like, this whole thing started was just you and me calling each other, like, separate states or late at night being like, just tell me everything that you've been doing. <laughs> just random rants and raves about stupid shit that we enjoy. Y'all are lucky we're on the mic. If I if we would have been <laughs> off mic, the rant about Yoshi's bone structure in his eyes would have gone on for another hour and a half. That's right. So you're like, oh, you guys are too loosey-goosey on the, like, this is us fucking reindeer. <laughs> Like, this is a tight, you know, like comedians have a tight five. This is a tight That's five right. for us. That's right. This is That's our right. Letterman shit right here. That's like, right. Fuck out of here. That would have gone That's on for right. another 42 minutes. That's right. That's right. Anyways, what have I been watching? I teased y'all last week about, uh, or last two weeks ago about, um, Nope. A quick review? Oh, yeah. Nah. Nope. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, in all seriousness though, man, Jordan Peele is really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. I will give him that. In Love or Hate the Movies, you can nitpick it apart for plot structure or pacing or like, I didn't like the twist or I didn't like this. The one thing you cannot say is the dude's not creative and original. Like, it's ultimately, I mean, not giving anything away. If you've seen the trailer, it's an alien abduction movie where stuff sure. starts getting sucked up into the sky for various reasons. And... It's really creative. Daniel, um, I always butcher his last name, Kaluuya, K mm -hmm. however you say it, is really good. Kiki Palmer is really funny in it. Sure. Steven Yen's in it. Love Steven Yen. He's awesome. Yeah. He's not in a tremendous amount, but he's pretty good. Um, but it's mostly those two. Um, golly, who's the guy who... Um, golly. He plays the president on um, on Rick and Morty. Black dude, uh, David something. David Keith? Yes. Or, or, yeah, Keith, or, David. Or Keith, yes. Keith David. Keith David, yes. Yeah. He's in it. Oh, yeah. He's from uh, the, uh, They Live fame. Like, yeah, put yeah, the yeah. goddamn sunglasses on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't, I was, he's in everything. I couldn't yeah, think yeah. of something. I was like, what's the most recent thing, Rick and Morty? Um, yeah, he's in it. Uh, but it's it's a really, really original movie. Very creative. Um, there's a twist in it that they outright tell you about halfway through the movie. And you're thinking like, oh, there's got to be more to it. Nope. Nope. That's, that's it. Yep. And the way they say it is not like some dramatic, like, unveil like there's tense music they're just having a conversation and they have this realization of what's going on uh together and then it's just like it's about a little past the halfway mark in the movie like like a little bit before the third act starts and you're just like oh that's that's the that's twist. A twist and yeah. there's no build-up no nothing and it's kind of like oh you just accept it and keep moving but it's it's really cool it's really well shot very creative very original um I don't want to give away too much. Uh, Michael may or may not see it. We'll see. I'll give him another one. <laughs> I'll give him another two episodes and I'll start really diving in. But I do recommend so, it. So is the problem that like, is the problem that they just show their hand too early or, or is it that it structurally doesn't work? Like had they told the same story, but in a different sequence of events here, here's the you thing. You know what I mean? Not different se sequence of events, but like, Different editing sequence. You no, know I, I mean? got you. I got what you're... I think I smell what you're stepping in. Um, here's the thing is that when I've read reviews online, I've heard both of those saying, like, sure. ah, it's like his imagination exceeds his grasp on this one, or 
all the parts of a, of a phenomenal movie are there, but it's out of whack and, and sure. pacing is kind of a mess. I'm going to be real with you. when I, And this is a good thing. When I first saw it, I knew that I liked it. And I've only seen it once now, and I'd like to see it again. I saw it, and then I was like, ah, I don't think it's his best work, but I immediately wanted to watch it again. Okay. I wanted to run it sure. back. Maybe not like immediately, but I was like, I definitely want to watch that again. It's worth it. a revisit. Yeah. Like you were saying about Westworld, not like the twist was so like, oh my God, like, and this is in the trailer, like, it is aliens of some function. Sure. Like, it's sure. not It's not like, oh, it's a guy and a robot the whole time. Right, it's, right, it's not right. like that. It's, it is aliens. Turns of out some... it was old man Jenkins the right. whole time. It's yeah. not some shit like right, that. Right, but right, right. It's also, it's a testament in, in all of his movies, in, in Jordan Peele, all of his shots really mean something. And I, it'd be, he's one of the few directors that I would really like to sit down with if I had like the opportunity to be like, you get to sit down with the director and pick apart his movie and ask any questions you want, scene for scene, frame by frame. Sure. He would be one that I would really, really enjoy. Because I think like even in like Get Out, when you see the rabbits and stuff like that, it's like, what's all this about? You know, and to him it really means, or I'm sorry, and us, like with the rabbits or whatever mm, it right. is. Like. It all means something. Like, what's the deer head about? And, and it's all very... Everything is a choice. And this movie is also a love letter to cinema, just as a whole. Okay. And uh, to black cinema as well. There's the whole thing is that um, the first uh, moving picture that was ever distributed or whatever... And I might be... Bi- I'm going to mess up the backstory a little bit, but it's not that relevant. News and speculation. Yeah, news and speculation. <laughs> um it's they're talking about how the first moving picture of the cinema was of some bohemian uh, man right a black man riding a horse oh and it was like 13 seconds and uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya's his family were the ones that provided that horse and nobody knew about that man that man was a mystery for years sure, and that sure, was sure. his great 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 grandfather sure, or whatever sure. it was okay so he has He's some some weird like connection to like the history of cinema kind of thing yeah and so he runs his company H3 Horses Hollywood Historic Horses and so that's kind of how he gets and so it's kind of a love letter to that and the whole movie is based on how are we going to photograph these aliens to the point where you can't say oh that's CGI oh that's this and Sure, it's undeniable proof. Undeniable kind of proof, yeah. and there's like uh, when the aliens are, and I'm not trying to. You can figure it out. Sure, but there's a, <laughs> the the reveal of how they how they try to get these shots is kind of what it is. But um, like when the aliens around, um, like cameras don't work; they just go out. Okay, and so they, it's this whole process. So it is kind of like this weird love letter to cinema in a weird way, and black cinema, and how important like black people were in in the foundation, the very creation of it, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. and it's. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, as what we know it now and the evolution of it. So I would I would really like to see it again. It's I don't think that he does things by mistake. I think that he, even if he misfires, I think his misfires are very intentional and they're very purposeful to him. Uh, Jordan Peele, that is. Okay. So I definitely recommend Intentional it. in terms of, like what, like, what do you mean? Like, he... he... Um... Like structure wise, or like every frame, I believe means something. Like, um, like I was saying earlier, like you know, like what's up with the rabbits or whatever. Like, sure. Even okay. if it doesn't make sense to you, if you watch it and you're like, is this a big inside joke for him or something, or right. an inside okay. reference for him? I think he knows exactly what he's doing. If it doesn't translate to the audience and it comes across as a misfire, it's either he missed the mark in telling what that's about, or he's just way smarter than us and is. 
and is doing it so in uh, my personal in, opinion like yeah. a like a David Lynchian kind of way like, yeah like like well you just don't get it or or yeah. or you gotta watch it again to really understand it yeah. if you miss it then watch it again yeah. then you'll really understand and it. I'm I would be curious as to what is a misfire for him in his translation of what the importance is and what is him just being smarter than us huh that'd be an interesting conversation to you know what out. I mean like but. Yeah, I, I I I I could almost see that being with almost any director. Like, I would love to ask Kevin Smith. Like, you know, there's certain scenes that he did where I'm like, you really were going for something here, and for some reason it didn't it didn't work or didn't it didn't land. Like, what is the disconnect in your opinion? I don't know. That that would be a really interesting series to get into. I think yeah. That, I mean, hopefully one day when we get the financial structure, we could do that here. At Give us your Marvel money. Exactly. Give it to us. We will. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, or shells. Just pay us. Just pay us. Or just keep listening for free. That's fine. We'll keep giving it to you. The thing about like Jordan Peele though is, uh, it, you listen to Kendrick Lamar at all? Like, do you, do you have any? A little bit even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but if you've heard any songs, you can tell that what he did is he has a healthy appetite for hip hop that came long before him. You can tell that he was raised on a very healthy appetite of good hip hop. Sure, love yeah, or hate yeah. the guy. Very much so Jordan Peele. You can tell he had a very healthy appetite of genre and Twilight Zone and horror movies and this to sure. get where he is today. Sure. So he has a certain appreciation for it. And you can tell like, oh, he definitely, he has the it factor when it comes to seeing these things just by his own consummation of it. You know? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he definitely strikes me as somebody who wasn't necessarily watching whatever was popular, but he was watching whatever fascinated him at yeah. the time. Uh, I, I think he he really stands out in in in, in terms of a, a movie creator. In terms of he tends to do a lot of homages to the things that he loves and the things that he grew up with, which I respect because why not? I, I there's a reason why those things work, and I would love to see new directors and new writers spin on those same ideas and same tropes. You know, as long as long as it's good, fuck it, who cares? You know, right, like right. as long as you're not doing the thing just to like try and capture the nostalgia of it, but, like, this is my version of the thing that I grew up loving. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and I don't want to bite at that apple. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I just, he's just interesting. Like I say, you can just tell he had a healthy, uh, uh, he would have hunger for for good good cinema or weird cinema or yeah, genre shit. Yeah, so. yeah. So, anyways, but, uh, nope, again, to wrap it up, quick, I'm not going to give it a, a out. So, so, summation of nope. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, why not? <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. yeah. There you go. That's a good review. Uh, pivoting off of that, uh, what else did I watch? Oh, while I was... Uh, oh, yeah, I football season starting up. Uh, I did watch a little bit, and I've never seen one of these. They've been out for a while. Um, I have a weird affiliation to the city of Detroit. The two guys <laughs> that I was in a rap group with, shout out to the Three and a Half Giraffes. Uh, the poetic devastator in, in Detroit himself. Um, <laughs> so they're from Detroit, and our good buddy Glenn is from Detroit. Sure, um, the D. Yeah, I'm a secret Spartan. Go MSU. Um, so if you didn't know that, but I've uh, seen Eight Mile like 16 times. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about Eight Mile in a couple episodes. Uh, but no, I, uh, I I do have a love for the city of Detroit, and um, I watched Hard Knocks. Which is the NFL preseason? They do one in season with the team, and uh-huh. then they what they do is like during the preseason they pick a team and they do like four episodes of them just following their training camp 
So it's like an ESPN series, basically. It's NFL films, but yeah, same. Okay, sure. NFL, same, same difference. Yeah. I've been following the Detroit Lions, who are historically shout out to Barry Sanders, my favorite running back of all time. But historically, a pretty bad (laughs) franchise. Like they just are. Like no disrespect. I so I kind of root for them in the weird way of like, come on, like let's get get your shit together, Detroit. Like everybody loves a good underdog story, yeah, or a good comeback story or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I've been watching that, and it's. It's weird. I didn't know I'd be invested in it even the slightest bit, like emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's stories of these guys that are like, they're like rookies and they weren't signed and they're trying to make a, a spot on what every NFL team has to have a 53 man roster, and so they got to make cuts. Like week one, I'm gonna pick a number. I don't know. You have 80 people that you have to have. Sure. And then by week, uh, you know, the first week of camp, you have to have. Down to 65, and then right. it's, you know, down to... And then down to 40, down and then to 60, down to, and then down right. to 50, or whatever it is. You know, there's like three cuts that have to be made. And you like, you find yourself rooting for some of these guys. You're like, come on, man. Like, you can do it. You can Come on, it. number 81. Come yeah. on, 81. I believe in you. Yeah. Fuck, he got cut. Or, like, they'll end up not making the team, but they'll rehire them for the practice squad, mm-hmm. which is, like, exactly what it sounds like. You practice against these people. It's mm-hmm. like a developmental thing. And so you you find yourself like rooting for some of these guys. It's like The Bachelor or something like that. Where yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. So and some of the guys have really interesting stories and like they uh or or also some of them like you know NFL sometimes and some of it's it's well earned of like being this like thug whatever league which whatever it but some of these guys are really good dudes sure. like like genuinely like they it documents them hanging out with like cancer patients. I was watch I I kind of do. Dove, uh, dove really deep into the hard knocks thing, and I watched the previous one that they did with the Indianapolis Colts, uh-huh. which was stupid because I know how it ends. Tragically, <laughs> they don't they don't go to the playoffs. But I watched the in season one that they did, and there was this young man, uh, number twenty three, out there in uh, on Indianapolis, and this dude was like hanging out with uh, this young man who got cancer and then like beat the cancer, like. And then I like, had it go into remission, uh-huh. and then it came back, and he passed away. And it was oh, like shit. a bummer, but like he stopped doing it like for charity. He was just like, "Oh, that's just my guy. Like that's just my dude." And he like hung out with them. And then once the young man passed away, he still just like kept up with the parents and like had Thanksgiving with oh, them. That's was, cool like, as shit. And it like he ended up being voted into the Pro Bowl for his first time, and uh, it was just cool as shit to watch because like it kind of offset some of like the like. Everyone's like, oh, these people are this and that and the third. But, like, he was, like, genuinely a super fucking nice guy. Yeah. yeah and I yeah. was like, dude, I'm rooting for this guy. And, like, he made the Pro Bowl. And I almost, like, kind of teared up a little bit. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, good things happen to good people. Like, you know, he's he's an animal on the field. Like, he's, ah, you know, yelling and stuff. He didn't cuss a lot. But, like, he was a monster out there. But, like, the second all the uniforms and shit came out, was, like, sweet, docile man. Yeah. Like, yeah he yeah. actually gave a fuck and, like, used his platform for good. Like, Stood out there, no, like, he's like, the only reason the cameras are here is because you guys are following me, but normally I don't do shit like this. Was like, giving out toys and shit to people. Was just like, went to a Kmart, was like, yeah, man, what you want? Like, I I really don't care. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And he's like, like, I wouldn't have cameras here normally. And I believe him. Like, I have a pretty high bullshit meter. Sure, sure, sure. And and that's, that's the type of celebrity that I really appreciate. Like, whether you're an athlete or an actor or a politician or whatever, like, there's gotta be a certain a certain joy of like, I get to do some really fucking cool shit because I am privileged, you know, like, yeah. like certain, like an acknowledgement of like, I have one of the greatest jobs in the world. Yeah. How do I turn that and 
not just use it solely for my benefit, but like just even a little bit of like community outreach or a little bit of, of extending myself to the people who put me in this position in the first place, you know, like, yeah, there, there's a certain appreciation that like, I really dig. And I, and, and I think that those are the people that last in the business as opposed to just like, well, fuck it. I just got to get my next deal and, and get myself into, into the hall of fame. And then once I do that, then, yeah, you know, it's easy money street and, and I can get a coaching job and we're good. And then I never yeah. have to deal with these people ever again, you know, like, or just the worst type of people that, which whatever, if the ends justify the means, whatever, but like when just people do nice shit, just to look like they're doing nice shit. Sure. The, like the clout chasers. And yeah. The, the Instagram whatever. models. And the, yeah, yeah. It's like whatever. whatever yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I got, I got into a little bit of a deep dive with that. And then I, I was watching the, the current season that just finished of, um, the Detroit lions one. And it's like, I was rooting for some of these guys. So I'll, I'll say this. I'm an Eagles fan. Y'all know this and I won't harp on sports too much, but Detroit lions, I'm rooting for you. So <laughs> get your shit together. I think you, you guys gained, you, you came across as a very likable team, and I'm sure there's a lot of shit on the editing room for, floor that would make you look the complete opposite, mm-hmm. but you look likable. New coach, fucking, you guys seem fired up, and so look cool. So, yeah, Detroit Lions. It was fun to watch. i never seen a hard knocks before, so. Right on. Yeah. Good, good to know. And other than that, and I do have a question I want to pose you. I got onto a, uh, somebody was talking about, I was on a work meeting, and we started joking about uh, the movie Old School. Oh, what a great movie. Michael, you hit, You just said it. What a fucking great comedy that yeah. is. Uh, man, and I hadn't seen it in a while. And I remember when that first came out, I was working at Sonny's Real Pit Barbecue. It was Mike Wins and I. and like Talk about musical Sonny's? Oh, musical Sonny's. <laughs> you know about that musical Sonny's. Shout out to Mike Wins, pulled DJ Mike pork, Check. Pulled pork, baked beans, pulled pork, baked yep. beans, pulled yep. pork, baked beans. Michael is, it's all my restaurant people. We had an alarm that would go off and you had four settings and number one was just one beep, beep. Number two was beep, 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 beep. And three would go beep, 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 beep. And one day my friend Mike Wins and I were in the kitchen and we just heard the one beep and the beep the for setting one we go, and that was baked potatoes. Right. So we just both yelled, bakes. Bakes, <laughs> and we had never talked about this before, and we both looked at each other and started cracking up. And we go, "What's number two? And we go, "Cause we know what it is." And that was when you you take the pulled pork out of the back and you smoke it for X amount, and then you pull it. And when you're getting ready to put it in the well, you have to put it in the oven. So two was welcome to literally how the sausage is made. How the sausage <laughs> is made, yeah. And so two was beep beep, and that was pulled pork, pulled pork. And three was our favorite. Those were the baby back ribs. And it was three beeps and it was baby backs. Baby backs. So we would yell that shit in the kitchen. That's how it became musical sonnies. But I forgot where I was going with that. Old school. <laughs> Michael brought up musical sonnies and apparently we have too many inside jokes. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail. You were talking about... Old school uh, the movie. Old school the movie, yes. So yeah, back in those days when, that, when old school came out, um, we would yell that shit in the kitchen. The like uh, when the damn band is singing, the uh, oh and I need you more tonight. I fucking, I fucking need, need you more than ever. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's just throwing it random. You're the late. You're the late. You're the late. Fucking, you're my <laughs> lady. 
It's a great movie. Welcome to the musical edition of yeah. What You've Been Watching. <laughs> I'm your host, Don Cornelius. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'll be playing tennis on the moon with Pac-Man and Don Cornelius later. <laughs> There's your Chappelle Show reference. Hey. All right, all right. We got to refocus. Okay. <laughs> uh, you were talking about old school. Anyways, yeah. So great movie. Great movie. Um, we were watching old school. Or I'm saying, we were, we were talking about old school at a work meeting, and so I went back and watched it. Man, I fucking cracked up yeah. all over again. Yeah. Like, that is such a hit, a heavy hitter of a movie that was slowly overshadowed by, like, Tropic Thunder and sure. fucking Step Brothers and Walk Hard. But that movie, if you haven't seen it in a while, go back and watch it. It is fucking hilarious. I mean, I, I, I mentioned this to you before. It, it was sort of the renaissance of Will Ferrell's career in terms of, like, he had been doing, like, SNL movies up to that point or been guest starring or, or had like bit parts or whatever that movie really made producers and directors and the Hollywood elite look at Will Ferrell and be like oh we can just strap a movie to his back and we, yeah. we can make money off of that like, yeah rated R movie at that th- too sure 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 so like that was a, a renaissance in his career in terms of it revolutionized and changed the whole dynamic of the trajectory what, of sure yeah. sure because he was he was always going to be the goofy sidekick friend in, yeah. in 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 movies. The difference is that they learned that oh we can just strap the movie to the goofy sidekick friend and people will go pay money to see it because it's Will Ferrell and he's genius at everything he does. Yeah, yeah. He I mean he really is and. It's not just that, but, like, Luke Wilson is really underrated in that movie. He's really fucking funny. Like, between that and Idiocracy, he's a really good comedic actor. Oh, yeah. Bottle Rocket. All yeah. those good movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, obviously, and then Vince Vaughn, just, like, if you ever forgot that he's a fucking funny dude in the right <laughs> setting, like, right. in the right setting, just wind him funny, up funny, and funny, watch funny. him go. Yeah. Like, Swingers is one of my favorites of all time. Um, fucking old school. It's, mm-hmm. it's so good. And Wedding Crashers. Wedding Crashers, yeah. Three, like, all-time comedy classics. So. Psycho. Well, maybe not Psycho. Yeah, he was flexing a different muscle in <laughs> that. Right. But... Right. His yeah, so... neck muscle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you gotta watch Psycho to get that joke. Yeah, I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, but no, I was digging. I, so I went back and watched it and was just cracking up the whole time. And then I got on the director, the great director, Todd Phillips. Um, he directed Old School. Yeah. Yeah. He also did um, the Hangover trilogy, which sure. was like, "Hey, I did those. I never have to work again in my life." I mean, so quotable, so yeah. so memorable in terms of. I mean, like the first one is is really good. Oh, of course, of course. Two I and mean, three is a little bit of a cash grab, but whatever. I don't. I mean, I'm it, not mad at the guy. I'm not. Did people show up to go watch the thing? So it kind of million dollar out. franchise. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So and then he directed. Uh, let's see. Ended up doing The Joker, which was a weird pivot, after he did the movie War Dogs with Miles Teller and Jonah Hill about the arms dealers, which was a uh, weird pivot. It's a good yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, it made me think... His... That's right. He did do The Joker. That's right. Yeah. The, the Joaquin Phoenix one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I totally... Fr- that's so unlike anything he's done before. That's a, that's such a weird departure for him. And to make such a big success out of it, like that's astounding. He's a talented filmmaker. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's the highest grossing like rated R movie ever. All time. Like, yeah, I remember that because I lost that question, you motherfucker. The School of Hard Knocks <laughs> Office, which is a great title. Um, but yeah, no, he also did two 
in my journey as a, this is all, I watched these movies while I was uh, up there. I went on a Todd Phillips kick and I watched uh, Starsky and Hutch right after that, which he directed. Sure. And then I watched Due Date, which is, love or hate the guy, Zach Galifianakis is a really good actor. Like sure. he, he fucking really like he is perfect in that. It's him and Robert Downey back and forth. I, I I think he definitely he's like Chris Farley in terms of like you don't cast someone to do a Zach Galifianakis type. You just cast Zach, Zach Galifianakis, Galifianakis. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. but he flexes some serious chops in in due date, and then still funny in it at the same time. Like it's about you know, but either way. Sure. So, so watch Due Date. Uh, watched all three of those, and I realized that he directed two really good road trip movies. Mm-hmm. And I seemed to watch one of them before I took my giant road trip from Maryland to Tallahassee with goats and stuff in tow. Yeah, I like how you just tied that back into the original, the the first part of the episode. That was really clever, right there. Segway King, my friend. It's <laughs> called a callback. It's called a callback. Uh, one of his first movies that Todd Phillips did was Road Trip with Tom Green, mm-hmm, uh, Brecken mm-hmm. Meyer, uh, DJ Qualls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, very funny movie. Uh, very funny movie. Amy Smart is in it. That's right. And then he did Due Date, which is the road trip movie about Zach Galifianakis and Downey. Downey has to. Uh, I just love how I call him Downey. On the phone. <laughs> Robert Downey like Jr. Buddy. Yeah. If they go cross country, uh, Robert Downey has to get home to his pregnant wife, who's about to deliver. And Zach Galifianakis wants to find a place to put the ashes of his dead father. Mm-hmm. And he carries him around on a Folgers coffee can. Hilarity ensues. Sure. But it's a really good road trip movie. Sort really. of like a, a odd couple kind of. Very much yeah. so, yeah. And Downey gets fucked up in that movie, too. He gets, yeah. Great movie you haven't seen. It really okay. pulls on the heartstring about um, as Zach Galifianakis tries to let go of his dead father. Sure. And stuff like this. Really, He's a really, really great performance in it. I say all that to ask, with two great road trip movies, Michael, one, what makes a good road trip movie? And two, what are some of your favorite road trip movies? Oh, okay. Um, That was a long way to get there. Sure, sure, sure. There there was some leather on that question, but we got there. Let Let me answer your questions in reverse order, and then I can sort... I'll give you examples of great road trip movies that I love, and then... That'll sort of tie into how, like, what I think makes a good road trip movie. So, some of my favorite road trip movies would be, like, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, hell yeah. Which, I mean, John Candy and and Steve Martin, just two comedic actors in their peak, playing off each other. It's so quotable, and it's, it's so memorable in terms of just, it's, it's, it's almost weird, like, it's a, a... it's like a series of SNL sketches or a, a series of, of like CCTV sketches that just they're they're loosely tied together, but each individual scene is is memorable on its own. Um, yeah, the underwear in the sink and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, where's your hand? It's between two pillows. Those aren't Those pillows. pillows. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and even the, the the final like the 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 climax of the movie in terms of like I like me my wife likes me oh yeah well John Candy delivers yeah, that yeah, yeah like and and it, it's this really heartfelt really emotional performance by John Candy who is I mean he was the he was the Chris Farley of his day you know he was he was fat stupid guy who fell down a lot you know yeah. a little um, bit. A little bit more wordy than yeah, yeah, than, yeah. than than, but but you see what I'm saying. Uh, 
Yeah, so th- that was a great one. Um, let's see. The Blues Brothers is another That's great road trip movie. Geez. You know, Goddamn Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that movie in many, many years. It, many, many years. And it's a great musical in terms of just uh, bring in all these great blues and R&B and soul singers and just like, oh, here's a cameo from Ray Charles where he's driving a bus. He's like, next stop, Cleveland Street, I think. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. But then you have Aretha Franklin's... Yeah, like everybody's on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Singing and, and yeah, you know, Rawhide and all of that. Um, let's see. Uh... I would have to say maybe tip top of my favorite road trip movies would probably be one of the Mad Max series. I'm tempted to say Fury Road, but also Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get Tina Turner in that one, right? I, uh, Mr. Raggedy Man. Yeah. Spin the wheel, break the deal. Yeah, dude, she's the shit. All right, well, yeah, those are more than reasonable answers. So, 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 I, in order to tie that all together, I would say that for me, what makes a good road movie is a conflict of interests that eventually meet, or meeting of interests that, by the very nature of the road trip, drive each other apart. To me, a road trip literally is all about the the connection that you have with the person making the trip with you. That makes sense. And you can, how you can approach it from two different angles of like, look at these people that can't stand each other having to find the greater good or like, right, like look at these people that started off best of buds and now hate each other by the end. Yeah. Sure. That's sure. That's pretty sure. much what it is. Yeah. 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 Because it, it, just as someone who has made like, you know, I, I drove from California to Florida with my, uh, with shout out to MKD, uh, middle brother, uh, middle brother, uh, but yeah, like very like I I've made that road trip to where like you start out as best friends like we're gonna do this and we're young and we're gonna conquer the great American unknown and then by the time you reach second town you're like I can't fucking stand you why are you out of gas money you're smoking all of my cigarettes you're a piece of shit and then you come back around and you have this weird Vegas thing that we can't talk about mm-hmm. for various reasons and then. You sort of are joined in your hatred of each other in terms of like, I hate you, you hate me, but we're still on the road together, so we got to make nicey-nice. Yep. And then by the time you you come around back to the, the to your, your final destination, it's like, you know what? We went through some shit together. And yeah. whether or not we, we like each other or hate each other isn't necessarily the point of it. It's just that we went through shit together. It's, it's, it's like trench warfare buddies you know like you're a coward i'm the hero or or i don't necessarily agree with the the action that you've taken but we have been through something that neither one of us can deny and not many other people have experienced yeah I, there, that was really really well said actually <laughs> no i got no notes man um i would say yeah it's because of the company it makes it wholly unique where yes. I could drive from the, the same destination, I could drive from California to Tallahassee, and because you did it with Matthew, and you, we could even hypothetically, let's just say, stop at the same stops. My experience doing it with a different person, or even if I did it with Matthew, 
would be vastly different. Sure, yours. sure, sure. And it just would be the mood, the everything. Like it was just, it would just be a different experience. Yeah, so. the 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 day to day interaction of like, oh, we managed to get a hotel together and we're all cool, and then the next, you know, twenty four hours is just like. Why did you eat all the Slim Jims, you piece of shit? I wanted to have a snack, or like, God damn it! Yeah, I don't you're, think... you're you're hung over, and I have to drive now, and you're yeah, I'm tired of driving. Done it for eighteen hours right, now. Right. Get the fuck up right, and drive. Right, yeah. right, right. Just like the 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 mood changes literally mile to mile, and right. you, you you don't understand necessarily the, di- the 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 dynamic that you're in while you're there, but when you do the whole total road trip for better or worse, you are inevitably changed. Damn. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I like it. And yeah, I guess you're right when, as it pertains to cinema, when that is captured of like, what is it about these two people sure. that make, and you're right. There are tropes that do, that do ring certain bells and that they just, they work and you, and you see them, you know, stepped on and used again in different movies, but you're right. It's because the relationship, even between the two actors is different. Sure, sure. And it may even be, oh, this is the wacky guy that you can't stand for five minutes and this is the straight-laced guy, but because of the, the interaction between the actors is different. Even the, the basic plot points may be the same. You're right, it becomes a different movie because right. of that, much like a road trip would that we were talking about earlier. Like I could take it with the same person and it's just a wholly different experience. Right, so right, right, right. I think you're really on to something. I was always kind of wondering that because it was like, as I was watching it, I was like, man... Due date is kind of trains, planes, and automobiles in a weird way, and road trip is kind of like you know, Jay and Silent Bob, you know, Strike Back sure, is a road sure. trip movie, right. yeah, much a la like Bill and Ted is in a weird sure. through time, sure, yeah, same yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. same trope, same basic plot structure, right. but it's two like, buddies going from point A to point B to yeah, make some sort of impact in their lives, whether like. However much it matters, like in in road trip, it's literally just like we're gonna get our buddy laid, or, or no, we're gonna stop a sex tape video from getting to his girlfriend. Sure, same shit. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Or 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 Jane Jane Silent Bob. Like we have this stupid mission to stop, stop a, a movie. movie. Bill or, and Ted. It's like we have to graduate high school by this project. Like right, right, right. Uh, it, so it's it's again, it, it's not necessarily about. The places you go, or 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 the mileage done, it's about the interaction of the stopping points of like, well, fuck, we just stopped in at at bumfuck Kansas, and we both got offered meth at separate occasions twice, right? You know, or or well, shit, we had to bury a stripper in 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 the Hollywood desert because fuck, you really fucked up, and I got your back, so. Yeah, these are all various experiences. I'm yeah. not necessarily trying to pin down right. specifics. Right. I'm just saying these are things that happen on allegedly. The road. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I got you, man. We don't want to incriminate ourselves. We plead the fifth here. What you've been watching, <laughs> uh, but no, you're right though, man. It's, I mean, it, not saying it's like an easy edit or like an easy right to write a road trip movie, but. You're right. The only parts that we care about, if we did a full road trip movie, it'd just be people, for the most part, sitting in silence in a car or a plane for X sure, sure. The only parts that we're interested in is if you can somewhat tell us where we are in, in terms of like, hey, we're still X, X days away from our destination. Sure. Or 
as long as you can see that progress moving in the timeline of like, yeah. oh, we stopped in this city and this happened, and then we okay. But you fast forward a lot through the oh, now we finally got our rental car and we made peace, and then like usually the next scene is like somebody waking up in the car, being like, oh hey, wake Where up, buddy, your turn to right. yeah, 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 yeah. Dumb and Dumber, that's another. Dumb and Dumber is a great, that's another road great trip movie. road trip yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. But but exactly, like it, it's not necessarily about the destination or or even what the mission is. It's about the it's about the the checking in about in between we're, we're yeah we're 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 14 miles down the road we're 110 miles down the road oh fuck we have to backtrack now right. because such and such happened and we have to get this important piece before we go to our final destination so it's 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 really about the yeah it, it's about the miles in between i don't know that's that's what makes the the a, a good road trip movie that was really well said, man. I, I think we just, excuse me for the burps. Um, I think we just figured something out there, my guy. So next time we're going to do uh, what you've been watching road trip movie. We could watch one. Yeah, I'm down with it. I'm down with it, man. No, no. I mean, we go actually like make a road trip and do a what you've been watching. Like oh. day, day 153. Oh, yeah. I just want to stab last night. <laughs> Before I return home, I must find a new co-host. <laughs> It's just me and Angie now. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, cool. No, I appreciate your insight on that, man. For real. I was I was thinking about that, though. Because I was like, eh, formulaically, they're kind of eh, the same. But, sure, uh, sure, so. sure. Uh, well, cool. Anything else you want to talk about, man? Or should we sign off for something? Yeah, man. Uh, let's give a shout out to Kesta, once again, for his song, Always Bright. Uh, Real banger. Real banger on that. Uh, and also, you can reach us at Whatcha Been Watching Podcast at gmail.com or search for us on Facebook at Dudley Bros Podcast. Also, search Whatcha Been Watching. Whatcha Been Watching. And look for the very colorful banner. Um, Join the hashtag Legion. Join the hashtag Legion. That's right. Help us build our galactic criminal empire. That's right. That's right. Uh, on that note, I would recommend to you, go see a movie. And I would recommend, go talk about it with somebody that you love. That's As it. always. Deuces. Be good out there. Peace, love, and chicken grease. <laughs>